This is episode 35 of Hands on Health, the podcast all about living your healthiest life on the coast. I'm your host, Felicia Struvy. My guest today should win our MVP award for this first season. This is her third time as an expert guest on this podcast. I'm Gina Mishlivyets, and I'm an ER doctor at Columbia Memorial Hospital. I'm also the medical director of the ER. As Oregon reaches its goal of having 70% of adults vaccinated and summer activities ramp up, Dr. Mishlivyets and I sat down to talk about what you might safely do if you're fully vaccinated. Welcome, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Hands-On Health. Welcome, Dr. Mishlivyets. Thanks for joining me. Thanks so much. I'm very happy to be here again. You probably see this more than a lot of people, uh, frustration with changing rules in the community that aren't actually changing at the hospital. So why are the rules at the hospital around removing masks or or not removing masks, I should say, uh, why are the rules at the hospital and in our medical clinics different from out in the shops and restaurants in our community? Felicia, that is a great question. Um, the rules for um, restaurants and other places in the community are changing. They're being relaxed, um, and it feels like they're being relaxed at long last, right? But the rules in the hospital are not changing. Um, and I predict that the hospital will maintain stricter safety precautions for some time. Some of the new rules that we follow are likely to remain in place permanently, such as healthcare providers wearing face masks for all patients. This is because we now have seen how well masks and distancing work in preventing spread of infectious disease. Not only did fewer people get sick from the coronavirus than could have done because of these safety measures, but we in the ER saw almost no flu this past flu season. We didn't have as many children as we usually have with respiratory illness caused by other viruses. Until recently, I hadn't seen for more than a year a spate of children with GI problems like nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Rules for masking, limited visitors, rules against visitors removing masks to eat and drink in the hospital. I think all of these safety measures will stay in place as we look forward to the summer and to the return of tourists and travelers. People come to Astoria from all over the world. They may bring new variants of the coronavirus or other diseases to Clatsop County. And the risk of exposure to those variants will increase as people take off their masks and start to socialize again. So with that in mind and knowing that the hospital and the the clinics, you're still going to do your social distancing, still going to mask. For those of us who are fully vaccinated and in a tourist area, what can we now feel reasonably safe doing? I think that fully vaccinated people are set to have a fairly normal summer. I think that although we are still learning how effective the vaccines are against variants of the coronavirus, I think that we'll be able to just do almost all the same normal things we used to do, go to the store, go to restaurants, very importantly, have like small safe gatherings with people in our homes or in their homes if they are also fully vaccinated. 
you know, even large parties outside with other fully vaccinated people, no masks. If everyone's fully vaccinated, the risk there is going to be so, so low that I'm really looking forward to it myself, actually. The key here is going to be this question about what do we do if, you know, we we don't know if people are fully vaccinated. I think that it is reasonable for people to inquire about their friends and family's vaccination status. I think it's important when you're planning the events you're going to do with people to know, you know, what level of risk is involved. Um, So that's that's going to be a question. I think we're we you know, I have already gotten used to asking that. And I think people have been very reasonable in sharing that information. Everyone understands uh, that there are different levels of risk involved and different personal choices that people make. But understanding the risk before we plan the activity is going to be the key. Um, another key is going to be children. Mm-hmm. We have Pfizer vaccine in the county, and we are giving it to children who are 12 years old or older, which is fantastic. You know, those those kids are going to be really well protected. It's a really good vaccine. What about children younger than 12 until they can get vaccinated as well? What are the things that we can do there? Um, and I think one of the keys is it's going to be a choice made from family to family. I think families need to be discussing the risks involved in certain activities. Um, Can my kid go to gymnastics class? None of the children are old enough to, you know, qualify for a vaccine. I don't know if any of the other parents of those children are vaccinated. Children who have unvaccinated parents are at greater risk of being infected with coronavirus and spreading the coronavirus. So it's going to be a case-by-case choice as we start, I think, uh, to become more social. Yeah, it's just a continuation of this year and the uncertainty and the making decisions with the best information you have. Yeah. Well, does it matter which vaccine you got? Yeah, actually, Felicia, it actually does matter a little bit. And um, for people who um, read the news, know about vaccines in other countries, there are actually many, many different coronavirus vaccines. Not everyone has the same ones that we have in the U.S. The ones we have in Clatsop County are the Moderna, the Pfizer, and the Johnson & Johnson. So the Moderna and Pfizer are the two-dose vaccines. And they were the first ones to show excellent protection, uh, great effectiveness, 94, 95% effective at preventing people who are fully vaccinated from developing severe symptoms of COVID, even if they become infected with the coronavirus, which they still can. Other vaccines have been less effective. Um, Moderna and Pfizer both have shown now Uh, that we see the virus mutating over time and developing variants that are, you know, more, you know, more dangerous or virulent. Uh, Moderna and Pfizer both have shown excellent protection against even those dangerous variants. And other vaccines have been less effective um, in those cases. The benefit of the third vaccine that we have, the Johnson & Johnson, is that it's a single shot. 
one and done. It's important to know when choosing which shot you will get that the Moderna and the Pfizer provide the best protection. But if you aren't sure that you're going to get the second shot, then a single shot of Johnson & Johnson provides more protection than getting only the first dose of the Moderna or the Pfizer. So it pays to uh, pay attention to you and to know yourself. If you're afraid of needles, just do the one, get it done. If you're If you're fine with them, go ahead and get the better protection of the two doses. And I absolutely, and not just needles, unfortunately, but you know, all the other things that people have heard can mm. happen after the second dose of the uh, vaccine. The second dose of the vaccine is the one that really ramps up your immunity against the virus. And the process of ramping up your immunity can be unpleasant and has been for many people. Yeah. Well, um, I think of my circle, I had the worst after effects of that second dose, and I would still do it again when the boosters come out. Being Working at the hospital, I got a pretty early dose. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, first one was before the new year, and now I'm starting to wonder, when does my immunity wear off, and when do I need to go for another one? So Right, right. Yeah. We're learning more all the time. Yeah. Well, what about, um, so we talked about if you have kids at home and just Mm -hmm. the balancing act that that is going to bring on your decision making. But what about if there's somebody else in your circle that's vulnerable? How does that change what you can do or should do at this point? That's such an important question. Since it's starting to seem as though the vaccines we have in Clatsop County are not only effective at preventing those of us who are vaccinated from developing symptoms, but also somewhat effective against the spread of the virus itself, vaccinated people can still develop COVID-19 symptoms. We've been seeing this. So we know more than we did the first time you and I met to do this, and we still weren't sure if people could be asymptomatic carriers of SARS-CoV-2 if they were fully vaccinated. As of the end of last month, there were more than 1,000 breakthrough cases in Oregon. Breakthrough cases are what we are calling people who are fully vaccinated, but who develop symptoms of COVID-19 anyway. And not just mild symptoms, but you know, sort of sustained moderate to severe symptoms. So that's a, that's a thousand people who were fully vaccinated in Oregon, developing symptoms of COVID-19, testing positive for the coronavirus. So it is likely that vaccinated people can still be asymptomatic carriers of SARS-CoV-2. So we need to be especially careful around our immunocompromised friends and family and when interacting with people who have not been fully vaccinated. Many people have family members they know are immunocompromised or have otherwise weakened immune systems or have overactive immune systems like autoimmune disease. So those of us who know that our friends and family are at that greater level of risk, we should still be masking with them, knowing that we, even though we're fully vaccinated, can still spread the coronavirus and and other infectious diseases. We're protecting them from more than just the coronavirus when we wear a mask. So you might know that somebody is vulnerable in your circle, but what makes them vulnerable? What are conditions that should trigger that extra precaution? That's a great question because 
some of us know that we have these friends and family who are vulnerable. But in a lot of cases, you can't see if someone is in one of these risk groups. You can't see this type of vulnerability. So unfortunately, the list of people at additional risk is long. Children who can't be vaccinated yet are vulnerable. Children who are born with weakened immune systems or with overactive immune systems. People who rely on immunosuppressive medication to live with transplanted organs. People whose cancer treatment prolongs their lives and kills their cancer but weakens their immune systems. People who are born without spleens. People with autoimmune diseases such as thyroid problems, inflammatory bowel disease, lupus, psoriasis, severe arthritis that develops even at a young age. Older folks who tend to be the most likely to get sick from COVID even if they are vaccinated. People who have diabetes, diabetes suppresses the immune system response. There are many people we all know who are at more risk than we are, and we don't even know it. Across the world, there were people who discovered their own compromised immune systems only when they developed COVID and couldn't fight it off. Well, and you mentioned children who can't be vaccinated or children with um, or people with overactive immune systems. I we had a in our family, we had a child who had a had one of those GI bugs that you were mentioning. You've been seeing more of in the ER. Mm -hmm. And um, as a result, his immune system went kind of crazy and he ended up with full body hives and swelling and all kinds of rather concerning things. And it put him in the hospital for a night. And it was an over response to a virus, which in his case, it just made me think, you know, it made me worry if he if he were exposed to COVID, would his body react in the same way? And And that really is what that cytokine storm, that major inflammatory response, that's what's getting the younger that's the young right. people. So absolutely right, Felicia. And he's totally healthy, as are yeah. a lot of these, you know, 24-year-olds that you hear about who That's right. Go quickly. Right right up until the assault of the virus and the resultant inflammatory response. Th this kid that you're talking yeah. about, these young people who are getting COVID and getting sick. They just are, they seem healthy. Uh, they feel healthy and good. Yeah. It's very unpredictable. And that's been part of the danger. That's been part of why the response to COVID has been so unlike the response to any other infectious disease outbreak in our history. Mm -hmm. Well, so what would you say to somebody who hasn't been vaccinated yet or is still hopefully undecided or on the fence and, and not just dead set against it. What would you say to that person? I would say, I know that there are a lot of people out there who are healthy and feel they would be able to survive COVID. People who are afraid of the side effects of the vaccines. We each make choices about our health, but never before have our health choices been so important for protecting more than just ourselves. Getting vaccinated is about putting community above our own personal comforts. It's about putting community above politics and personal beliefs. It's about protecting people we care about 
the people we live with in our communities. I would say every day that I go to work in the ER, I have to make life and death choices about dozens of people and their diseases. And every choice I make, my goal is always the same, to protect as many people as I can, um, even at the expense of my own comfort and safety at times. And I, I feel a responsibility to my patients and my community to make sure that people are safe and healthy. So you have also become a new parent this year in the middle of a pandemic, a global pandemic. Yeah. So how has that changed your sense of community responsibility? Oh, I, you know, I don't know if it has changed it so much as um, I certainly feel and am changed in many ways. Um, I've been devoted to this community just since the moment I arrived. Um, I love this place and I love the people and I love where our neighbors um, and I love having a home here. Spending the pandemic lockdown with my wife and baby daughter uh, has definitely deepened my perspective when it comes to the choices we make. As a young doctor, I was um, a little bit of a cowboy. And to clarify what I mean by an ER doctor behaving like a cowboy, um, earlier in my career, before my daughter was born, um, I would make decisions to help and care for my patients with very little consideration for my own safety and no thought about uh, what harm could come to me or what that would mean for the people in my life who rely on me and worry about me. The perspective that my daughter has provided in my life, in my work, is to show me how important it is to take care of myself so that I can be ready and able to take care of others. Mm. Having said that, I wanna make sure that I add my strong belief here that people don't need to have children to understand the importance of community and social responsibility uh, and to understand the importance of caring about our loved ones. Everyone, whether they have children or not, has people that they care about and don't want to have to do without. When I look at the world now and think, what are the choices I'm going to make for my patients? What are the choices I'm gonna make for my family? How can I possibly keep my daughter safe against everything that's out there? And I, I can't, but I have seen over the last year and a half, how simple measures and people taking those simple measures on on massive scales have saved so many lives. It makes it seem a little more doable. That's a message of hope, I think. Yeah, 
I yeah. feel very hopeful. I'm very excited for her to get out into the world and, yeah. you know, meet people and do things. But knowledge is going to be power for yeah. her, as yeah. it has been for me. I I still go back to this is the world that our children are inheriting and we need to give them the tools to be. That's right. More successful. Right. <laughs> in That's absolutely right. I tell you, my little my little one is really good at washing his thumbs. When he washes his hands, I'm like, you're a pro, kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great work. <laughs> well, thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time to share your insight. I mean, you have a completely different perspective on risk and how to address that that risk of COVID out in the community. So thank you. Thank you so much, Felicia. I really, I always enjoy talking to you about this I, stuff. I do as well. And we're going to have to see that little girl of yours at some point. She's going to be walking by the time all oh, the pandemic man. stuff ends. Terrifying, but I, I think she will. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, take care. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Felicia Struvi, and this has been an episode of Hands-On Health, brought to you by Columbia Memorial Hospital in Astoria, Oregon. CMH is an independent, not-for-profit health system that provides comprehensive, person-centered care in Northwest Oregon.